Welcome to the Behind Their Business Podcast, the show that's peeling back the curtain and showing what's actually happening behind the scenes of running a business. I'm your host, Steph Blake, and each week you'll hear from women at all levels of business who are showcasing their stories of struggle and triumph as they juggle business ownership with day-to-day life. Join us to hear inspiring stories and strategies for starting and growing your own business. Hey everybody, Steph Blake here, and I am so glad that you are here for this week's episode. As usual, it is going to be amazing, so you are in for a treat. But before we dive into that episode, I want you to join our private and 100% free and supportive community for business owners to connect in called the Confident CEO Community. So if you have not joined us yet, here is your invitation to come and join us. Each week I also do a live training to share my best tips and tricks for scaling an online business the easy way. We talk about strategy, team building, mindset, tools, automation, and everything in between to help you confidently step into the CEO role in your business. So you can go to confidentceocommunity.com to join us today. And now let's dive in to this discussion with our incredible guest. Welcome back to the Behind Their Business podcast, or welcome to the show if this is your first time listening. I am really looking forward to this conversation with our guest because this is a unique conversation that a lot of people, moms especially, are going to resonate with and something that's not really talked about publicly or openly. And we are talking about being an unconventional mom today. So our guest is going to talk about how after her divorce, she and her partner decided that it was best for their little one to live with her dad because it just worked better for the family. And there's a lot of stigma around this. So we are here to de-shame the feeling of being a natural fit for motherhood, which I am so, so excited to talk about today. But in her business, she is a business coach and consultant who helps online entrepreneurs embrace their inner lazy and profit like a pro without undercharging or feeling like they have to be anybody but themselves, which is so beautiful and I love. So please welcome to the Behind Their Business podcast, Christine Hansen. Christine, welcome, welcome. Hey, I'm so happy to be here and to be talking about this like very uncomfortable topic. <laughs> right. I, I know we are getting very uncomfortable today. And I'm I hope that this helps people, but I'm not sure mm. how many people are actually going to be comfortable listening to this because it's not something that people talk about, you know? I but agree. I'm just gonna put the ball in your court right now. So Tell us about your story. Tell us about why you decided to make this decision. And then I'd also love for you to talk about, we can get to this in a second, but how you operate your business with your partner, with your child and how all of it kind of works together. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a fun story in a way that it, it has come full circle in a way, interestingly. So I, I've i never been a baby person. Let's just start with that. Doesn't mean that I hate children. I worked, you know, as, as junior counselors doing summer camp and stuff like that. Like, it's not like I hate them, but it's not interesting to me. So for the longest time, I was like, I don't want children. And I remember when I had my first date, or maybe the second date, but I'm pretty sure it was the first date with my ex-husband at the time. So literally getting to know each other. I remember saying, you know, I don't want to get children. I don't want to have children. Are you okay with that? And he was like, well, we'll see, but it's not a deal breaker, but we'll see. Then as I got to know him better, I really quickly saw that he was a very, and he still is, of course, a very caring, nurturing 
person, a beautiful man who has this huge heart and who loves children and everything changed in a way. I think it's also hormones. Let's be very honest about that. I honestly think at some point our hormones go nesting and it's like, you need to pop out babies. So that together with me knowing that he would be an awesome father taking over his share actually made me change my mind. And I was like, okay, I, I really want a family now. So we were married and then we, all the typical things, we got married and, you know, we had our daughter and it, she was actually the reason why I became an entrepreneur because as I said before, I wasn't the one babysitting or doing stuff like that. I had no clue about these things, but I did know that I really wanted to sleep. And I was like me first, because I want to go back to work. I knew that from the bat, we knew that he was going to take parental leave because I knew I want to get back out there. I want to go back into my job. And so I looked up baby sleeping and um, one story, long story short, but they had an awesome sales page to become a baby sleep consultant. And when I read that sales page, they paint the picture of entrepreneurial life. And I had no clue that that was actually what I wanted to do. So that is how I got into business as well. What happened then was... As you become an entrepreneur, you obviously change, change a lot. <laughs> yes. And that's an and understatement. Yes. I, yes. And we didn't change together, you know? So at some point it was a mismatch. It just didn't work anymore. And even though, you know, I still loved him a lot and he didn't do anything wrong and we still have a wonderful relationship. I really knew that I have to prioritize myself here because I'm going to be resentful afterwards. It's not going to work. And I also knew when I told him, I don't want to be married anymore. Um, he was like, what with what about Millie, our daughter? And I knew immediately, I want her to be mostly with you. Not just, first of all, because I would, I was stressing out. I was like, for me, spending child time with a toddler at that time, while she was four, four or five, is exhausting, still is. Uh, I can do it. Funny enough, kids like me, but it's exhausting to me. Like, I'm not interested in playing. I'm not interested in arts and crafts. I'm not interested in Peppa Pig. You know, it's just can't change that about me. So whereas he has this talent, this joy, you know, let's go outside and do stick figures with like sticks and flowers and let's do this and let's do that. And he just does it naturally a lot better. And I also knew that he would miss her a lot more, whereas me I obviously love her to bits don't get me wrong like I'm mama lion when it comes to her like lifting of the car and you know all these things but I was like I don't need as much time you know necessarily so when I told him I wanted to be more with you actually he was like sigh of relief and he was like okay so it was very clear in a way yes it was sad that you know we were breaking up but it was also very clear that okay, she's going to be messy with me that then it's fine in a way, you know what I mean? And it was a trip for me because obviously you have the typical, okay, I'm proud. I'm happy that I do what I want because I want to live a way that's authentic. And I want her to see all the different facets of life because pretty much all of my family is fairly conventional, you know, in academics or, you know, some very traditional jobs. I'm the crazy one, you know, who does her own thing. And I was, I want her to see all of it and whatever she wants to choose afterwards. But how can I be a good mother, honest, if I don't live a life that's true to me? So even though I knew that, 
the reactions <laughs> that I would get when I'd say she lives with her dad, I honestly felt every time the people would, and it might have been in my head as well, right? Looked at me as in what's wrong with her? Is she a drug, drug addict? Does she have like a record? Did the kid get taken away from her? Why isn't she living with her? And very often I got the question, oh, so how do you feel about that? And it's like, well, <laughs> if I was a guy saying my daughter lives with her mother, nobody would even question it. So it wasn't easy, but it's absolutely the perfect thing for us to do. And even though we do have it regulated by the courts we gave in, and even there, I remember sitting in the courtroom and the judge automatically read so the main I don't it's in French but it was like the, the main custody is it's not custody we have joint custody but the main place of residence I think exactly the main place of residence is going to be with a mother and we were like uh, no and she was like oh and then she read it again oh no it says with the father and she, it was again like hmm, yes <laughs> and it was like it's fine you know we, we we're fine it's we want it that way but it was uh, quite a ride and um, so now, even though we have it organized legally, it's pretty much off the cuff. You know, we have it regulated with her school times, how I work. The weekend is pretty much whatever we have planned. Like we try really to be fair so that everyone has the same amount of, you know, if, if I have her on Friday, you know, have her on Saturday. Or if we have a weekend where we travel, then he'll take her. So it's it's all very amicable, which I know is super helpful very helpful because I've just recently seen people with divorce where it was anything but which I think is a different story but it's still to me she knows that's how I work you know she knows that's my mother she is like that I travel a lot for business when I can even that she's used to she's used to me being gone up to two weeks that's pretty much the maximum after that gets more difficult she's turning eight now which I'm want her to see those things you know I want her to to have a role model in a way who's like I love her fiercely and deeply and I tell her all the time because my parents didn't I know that they did love me but it's just a different generation right it's like oh you don't say these things and I she knows I mean she's like I know you love me <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> but it's really important to me that she does so and I think I'm a much better parent for it as well, because when she's here, we do enjoy our time together. And she also she knows that she is not coming up to me asking me, can we do this and this? She plays by herself very well with the toys that she has, listening to stories and painting by herself. So she's one of the children who can actually play by themselves quietly, which I love. Not, you know, the longest time I do have to entertain her as well a little bit. But I honestly think it's not a bad thing, you know? So saying though that I'm not, maman poule is in French, like a, a hen mother. I don't think it translates into the English language. It's basically like a helicopter mom. It's just not me at all. Um, it's not an easy thing to admit. And it's very uncomfortable for a lot of people. But I think a lot of women are actually like that. And I think I was, funnily enough, one of the first ones of my friends to get have children. And the thing I told them was like, you know on TV when you give birth and then it's like fireworks. I was like, hell no, we did skin to skin for an hour and I was bored out of my mind and I felt horrible because I was like, why am I bored? I should be overjoyed. And I realized, yes, you become a mother, but it doesn't mean that you're immediately 
incredibly infatuated and that you have fireworks, you know? So I wanted to tell people or women that because you feel like, I honestly felt like an alien. I was like, why am not, I'm not feeling like the sound of music constantly right now, you know? So yeah. I just want to, I think it's important to talk about that a little bit. I, I absolutely agree. A couple of months ago when we were talking about having you on the show and talking about this, I was like, I just knew, I knew that we had to bring this conversation into the world because I had a similar birth experience in a way where I had my son, but like you said, like in TV shows and movies, it's like these fireworks and you're in love with your child from the moment that you meet them. For me, it was a lot of confusion more than anything. It was just this feeling of complete overwhelm, confusion, because there were like 10, 15 people in the room. Our son was born with a cleft lip. So then we had more people coming in and examining my child. And I'm like, I didn't even have a second to feel any kind of emotions, you know? So, um, and I've, I've told that story before and people are kind of shocked when they hear it as well, but I'm like, that, that's, that's, it's just my experience. Like, exactly. I mean, birthing, is it, absolutely amazing yes does it turn you into a mother well biologically yes but psychologically there's much more to it yeah. than popping out a baby you know so and it's I think one thing is as well and I t- thought about it recently you don't know who your baby is until it's out there like it's literally you have an egg with an eggshell around it and I remember thinking oh it was you in there had I known I would actually have appreciated more, but it's the truth. You don't see anything. Like you can feel them, but you don't see them until you see them. And then it's actually getting to know each other process. But for me personally, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't this fierce feeling at all. Like I needed to get to know my little one for a few days. And then of course I was emotional. Like every ad depend, like it could have been Viagra. It could have been probiotics. I was just crying all the time. But I just needed my glass of wine and, you know, being emotional about it and then having it slowly sink in, you actually have a human being. Because before it's a huge belly that moves in a way, you know, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's. I felt the exact same way. It's like, you know that they're in there because you can feel them moving. You can see your stomach moving yeah. around and you can't like even walk because you're so busy. <laughs> so you know that they're in there. But like you said, yeah, once they come out, it took me a couple, uh, it took me a, a while to be honest. I don't even remember. My son's almost three at this point and I don't even remember how long, because like I said, as soon as he was born, it was just so overwhelming. My husband was also overwhelmed. We thought that he was going to have to be rushed to surgery because of his lip. He didn't have to. That's, that's another story. But then we were in the hospital and I was trying to breastfeed and I wasn't able to breastfeed. So then people were talking negatively about that. And I was like, I Ugh. literally can't produce anything right now. There's nothing coming out of me. And I don't know if it was because I was anxious and I was stressed about the whole situation, but yeah, I, I didn't was, even, I didn't even want to like always from the beginning, like even as a child, you know, when you're a kid and you take your doll and you pretend to breastfeed, I was always like, nah. And that didn't I never change. did that either. Now that I think about it, I that. was like, my boobs are my own. I don't want anyone sucking on those. I'm like, <laughs> no. It was just like, I, I, you know, and I, we did cloth nappies and all organic, like the whole thing, the most expensive, eco friendly toys you can imagine, everything washed three times in hyperallergenic, all kinds of things. 
but I was like breastfeeding. There's no way. I knew also that I wasn't breastfed and maybe that's also where I was like, okay, I turned out all right. But it was also something like, oh, you give the bottle from the beginning. I was like, it's great because we have two shifts. <laughs> you know, I take the first yeah. one, my husband took the second one. It works out well. But all of these things were, yeah, self-centered, putting myself first in a way, you know, which uh, even though she isn't lacking anything at all she's a wonderful child totally balanced and cool and, and it's all good but it is a tough tough world to be in for sure yeah I, I absolutely agree <laughs> I was laughing when you were saying we had the cloth diapers and the hypoallergenic because we were the exact same way like he had he has had nothing but organic food since the day he was born we did all well he was allergic to the cloth diapers so then we got like the highest quality bamboo diapers which were insanely expensive <laughs> But yeah, we were the exact same way. And I don't know if maybe it was because I felt bad because I couldn't breastfeed. So I was like, we have to make sure that everything is the highest quality. But again, I feel like that's a stigma that society makes us feel like as women, if we don't breastfeed, we are failures. I, I yes. felt like a failure. Every time I would Just go like to his checkups, the pediatrician would say, are you sure you don't want to breastfeed? And I would come out crying, feeling yes. like the worst possible person. I said, I... I would love to, I, there's nothing coming. And I went to no. a lactation consultant. I did everything, but I was still made to feel like the worst possible human on this planet. I agree. So, I just recently, like two days ago, saw an article on motherly motherly is an awesome blog. Awesome. I love them to bits. They have really nice nuanced articles on how just a slogan, like breast is best. Do you have any idea how much pressure that is putting on women and how horrible, because it implies that anything else is not best. Hence yes. it's, worst kind of you know so I mean being a woman and you know having I think it's important to understand that you can be a great mother without necessarily having all the motherly hormonal kind of loving nesting feelings that you think you should have and owning that and also this is something quite controversial I feel but choice of partner people I have so many people that I see who are doing it all on their own complaining non-stop about their partner where I'm just like you kind of knew that though like <laughs> they were what yes. did you expect you have a go-getter alpha male partner did you really expect that they would now change everything because you have a child so I think that also has something to do with it. Um, and, you know, if if you are in a situation, okay, you can't change them necessarily, but then it's really up to you as well to step up and to communicate. Like, no, here are boundaries, you know. It's a mm -hmm. difficult topic, I find. Um, I mean, we are lucky in terms of entrepreneurs that we can shape our day, but it's sometimes even more difficult when you say, you know, if I was at an office, you wouldn't even be asking me this. Like, you know, you can take that afternoon. I saw that you don't have anything in your schedule. It's like, well, I might not have Carlsberg, but I actually have this afternoon to film a course to, I don't know, to take notes, to schedule my posts, to batch my blog posts. I don't know. So yes, you are more flexible, but it's also very much about boundaries. And I saw that a lot happening in the beginning where it was, but you're not working. It's like, that's not true. Or even when I'm literally not working because I need to recharge my battery and my creativity that's my boundary, you know? So it is always difficult. Like granted, it's much easier with one child than if you have many, of course. 
but I think so. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Behind Their Business podcast with me, Steph Blake of the Blake Collective, which is a female-led company focused on helping online entrepreneurs start and scale their own businesses. If you or someone you know would make a great guest for the show, we would love to interview you. Visit our website at behindtheirbusiness.com to submit a short application and learn more about the show and how you can support our mission. If you enjoyed the show, we would love for you to share it with a friend or a loved one too. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you again for listening to the Behind Their Business podcast.